Hey friends, welcome back to the Black Diamond Podcast. This is your host, Eric Malzone. And this is the show where I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, change makers, and people who are just creatively leading the way through innovation. And it's not only about successes and, and great stories, because you'll definitely get those, but it's also about the personal challenges and the vulnerability that we face along the way. So this show is brought to you by Level 5 Mentors, helping entrepreneurs and founders achieve the highest levels of freedom in five different categories, time, money, relationships, health, and purpose. And if you want to find out how you're doing in those five categories, we got you covered. We got a survey for that. Just go to level5mentors.com forward slash survey, and you can take the free entrepreneurial survey and see how you're doing in each category and see where you have room for improvement because, hey, we can always be improving. So welcome to the show. Let's get on to it. Ken, welcome back. Eric, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. Oh, uh, man. So we picked uh, an interesting topic this morning. And, you know, it's, it's already got my brain spinning because it's a huge question for business owners right now. And obviously, you know, you and I talking to a lot of people in the fitness industry, it's a, it's a really big deal because the magnifying glass seems to be on the fitness industry and gym owners in particular. But the question is this, right? How do we help our clients, prospective clients, feel safe in relation to our business? So, yeah, let's dig into it, man. Where, where do we start? Yeah, well, I think it, it's important to set context of what safe means. I think in today's day and age, everyone thinks um, safety is all about, you know, procedures that that you should have in place to make sure that the brick and mortar facility that you you have where clients are uh, attending um is clean and then you've got all of the the proper stuff going on um it's 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 a bigger it's a bigger thing than that in my mind it's it's about well customers around the world wonder if if and when the next business that they they use and buy products and services from, when are the when's the next one going to go out of business? Hmm. And it's ensuring that your clients understand that you are a safe company to deal with, that you have plans in place, manage your cash flow appropriately for the times, and you're not going anywhere. That's another part of feeling safe. So I I ordered something the other day online because I'm out in the mountains, about three hours away from any major city. And uh, and shopping sucks. I don't want to wear a mask when I go into a place. I'd rather order online. Um, But as I did that, I I wondered like when I, I noticed that this particular business, their time to deliver the product seemed inordinately long. Like why is it taking 14 days to get something three hours away? And it got me thinking like, are these guys okay? Are they going to be around? Should I make this purchase? And that's, you know, it's how are you communicating that it's, you're a safe, viable business for people to transact with? That's the question. Yeah. Well, I think that the key word there is, is communicating. So many people 
under communicate or don't communicate at all as a business, maybe because, you know, you sell widgets. You're like, well, why do I need, I sell widgets. Why do I need to, you know, communicate to my client base? And, and like what you said is really important. I mean, an example is, uh, you know, my wife and I ordered a bike rack for our van and we ordered it at the beginning of July and, you know, it didn't say anything. Hey, it was out of stock, but then we get a, you know, I called them like, Hey, when's this thing going to arrive? Like, Oh, it probably won't ship until mid August. I'm like, well, that doesn't work. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what are we doing? It makes me think, like you said, well, uh, how do, should I be getting my money back right now? Like where's, if, if there's communication up front and I don't blame them, I mean, supply chains are, are you know, breaking down at some points and, um, you know, overall, shipping and, and inventory is, is really hard to manage right now because, you know, people, certain things are at the highest demand, right? Like you find a place where you can buy a bicycle right now on time. You know, that's, the, <laughs> there's certain things that are, are going really fast. So the communication is key. And I, I think you're right. It's not just, you know, we can use the example of gyms, um, cause they're such a, it's, it's such an easy example to use, but you know, the one I go to now is the perception of safety is more important than the thing itself. I mean, they always have someone walking around, right? Spraying things down. Everybody has a mask. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, they could spray as much as they want, but this is an airborne thing. And, you know, if, if I'm going to get it, it's because it's airborne. Um, but also I, I want to know, Hey, how long is this gym going to be around? You know, how, how are they doing? And a lot of people don't communicate that. So it's, it's a touchy thing, right? Like you don't want to, you don't want to seem super vulnerable to your clients or maybe you do. I don't know. How, how would you communicate that? Well, I, I think it's, I don't know, co constantly keeping your clientele up to date through email, um, being creative with using video, um, about, the state of your business. Um, most, you know, most companies out there are struggling with supply chain because they don't have people in the manufacturing process or they're, you know, somewhere along the process, they don't have people manufacturing their product. Um, services are a little bit easier, um, but even still, like, you know, you got to wonder, even an online company, they're still reliant on other people and companies that that are reliant upon supply chain and human capital and if that is lagging for them their clients may not be buying their online services so again it's you know constantly updating your 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 clients as well as your on the current state of your business, um, letting them know that here are the things that we've been doing. Um, we've made these pits. Um, you know, it don't have to be like overly specific. You just you need to show that you're you're moving with the times and that you're there to service them no matter what. Yeah, I love that. I mean, is there anybody who comes just from your experience over the past few months, Ken? Is there anybody? Who a company or individual who, who comes top of mind, who's doing this really well. Um, honestly, no, 
Um, I think that's, you know, part of why the topic came up. Um, like someone who normally does it extraordinarily well is, um, is Amazon. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really feel like even they are doing a great job because you, you can go on there to buy something and then at the last second notice how long it's going to take to ship. Um, uh, you know, typically they've done a good job, but as I think about it, I, I don't feel like they have recently. Um, so no, I can't think of anyone who's doing a great job of it. Isn't that sad? <laughs> yeah, that is. I was racking my brain too. And, you know, always Amazon because they seem to be the, uh, the gold standard and the thing that people use on such a, you know, on, on such a uh, regular basis. So yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, and it's, the, I think the biggest thing that companies are struggling with right now is consistency, right? We, six months ago, we we're a society, you know, at least in North America that was so used to consistency. It's like, okay, we order something, let's use Amazon. We order something from Amazon. We know it's going to be there in three business days, right? It's just the way it is. We're like, we just got used to it. Uh, we do certain things, you know, I go to my barber, I know I'm going to be able to sit down and get a haircut. Um, all these things we're so used to consistency. And, and one of the things that we crave, whether consumers know it or not, is consistency number one, right? As a gym owner, you remember, what do people want? They want a consistent experience, right? They don't want things changing all the time. Um, <clears throat> and I think consistency has probably been the biggest struggle. But then again, consistency can be a very hard thing to promise now because so many things are out of control. <laughs> Uh, out of your control, I should say, uh, as a business owner. So the communication comes in key and maybe that's the thing. It's like just being vulnerable. Like, hey, you know, we're still a small business. We're still open. We're still here for you. Or we are a big business. We're still here and we're still providing the same service, but we can't promise the same consistency because things are out of our control. I don't see a lot of really honest communication out there yet, but I wonder if that's, Bingo. If that's a key, that's key to it, right? Uh, bingo. I mean, I think you just nailed it on the head. I don't think there's a lot of honest communication, not maybe so much because it, it's dishonest. It's that they, they don't know how to communicate what they're, they're meant to say. Um, I'd be curious to know and look at the numbers of a brand whose whole MO is to provide convenience and consistency. So the brand I'm thinking of is McDonald's. Mm. Um, I don't know exactly how they've coped with it, but I mean, I, I think at least for several weeks, if not months, uh, the only thing you were able to use was the, uh, the drive-through. And I, I've been by, cause there's one in our local town here, um, and driven by and seen that there's lineups out front, which means they're only letting a certain number of people in. None of that sounds like consistent and convenient. I suppose the food would remain consistent, which is an interesting thing on of its own because it's, I think we can all agree we don't go there because the food is great. Um, oh, we go because it's consistent and convenient. Um, <laughs> So I'm curious to know how brands like that um, are 
are working. Um, you don't hear a lot of communication from them. Normally you see a ton of advertising from them and I don't see much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been interesting too. I, I mean, I guess I just don't watch a lot of regular TV or I don't listen to a lot of terrestrial radio. Uh, but you, I just haven't heard the big, the big advertisers as much. And I wonder if they're a little bit timid to bring their, their normal messaging or if they just haven't figured out new messaging yet for, for the times. I mean, you know, as, as the pandemic hit, there was everybody and their mother and their brother and their sister was talking about, Hey, we will make it through this, you know, we're staying safe. Uh, but now those messages have gotten tired because we're in a month five or six, right? Uh, yep. so where, where, where does the messaging go now? Well, I think the messaging is, it's gotta be that this is how we have adapted mm -hmm. to how the world is now operating. Um, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. And, uh, we're making changes so that it, it will feel as, I don't want, I don't like to use the word normal cause I don't know what that is. Um, but so that it feels, you know, that it's honoring the client. It's done in a way that, um, it, it, it requires less friction, um, to transact with that brand. Um, you know, it's, it's moving with the times it, you know, we, we, we probably, as a, as a society, should have done a lot of the things um, that we're currently doing but a lot sooner. Um, every year we go through a flu uh, epidemic um, and, you know, not much changes before, during, or after. Um, you know that in the gym business, uh, the flu would almost inevitably run through the gym um, every year and you know knock a few people out but it nowadays because it's so prevalent and everyone is on top of it and the governments have mandated a lot of things the guys who win i think are the ones who make people feel the safest in both in person and communicating how well their business has has um persevered and endured uh, through this whole crisis. Um, I, I think that's who wins. Yeah. Yeah. And, and an interesting word that, that you brought up that seems to be, you know, part of so many conversations is the world, the word normal. And what does that mean? You know, is it, we, we talk about, uh, Oh, pre COVID, right. Normal. And I, I, I remember when, you know, uh, it was early on because up here in Montana, there wasn't the virus didn't hit hard. And I remember when this, this, we drove by and there was a, a bar grill open. The outdoor areas open. There was a band playing and, you know, obviously there was social distancing at the tables and you couldn't go inside to order food or drink, but you know, they bring stuff out to you and, and the feeling of normalcy and you could, you, it, it was a buzz with everyone there, right? Everyone's like, Oh, finally we can just go sit outside and listen to some live music and, you know, have a beer. And, uh, that, that normalcy was, 
incredible. And they did as much as they could to make it feel normal. Everyone wore a face mask, um, but everyone was super cheerful. Everybody was happy to be there. Um, and for, you know, the first time in months, I f- it felt normal and it felt normal because it felt safe. So I think there's a couple key things that are intertwined with those two concepts of, you know, maybe for a lot of people, normal is safe and safe is normal. So how do you get those two feelings kind of mixed together? And as we're speaking, I'm just kind of coming to some conclusions about that, how important that is. People want to know consistency, normality, um, and safety are really big factors in, in communication. I think the government is it, all around the world is suggesting that everyone wear, wear a mask wherever they go. Mm-hmm. And that provides some level of safety, um, feeling safe. And I think there's a lot of high tech ways that are coming out. Like I, I know the Canadian government just released an app um, that if you come within six feet or something like this um, of, a, of someone else who tested positive, um, it'll, it'll notify you so long as you down, downloaded the app that they've created. Hmm. Um, that one, I, you know, I don't feel super safe about that unless everyone does it. Right. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other things to worry about what they're going to do with the information, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, you and I've been talking to a company out of the U S um, that creates um, facial recognition and temperature checks on the fly. So all you do is you walk up to a, a screen and um, it knows that you have a mask on um, and it takes your temperature and you get a, a green light or whatever and away you go. And, and I think, you know, if that was sitting in front of a gym um, you know, you would, you would know that it was actually being accurate. Whereas nowadays, I think mo- a lot of places that are taking temperatures, you know, they look at you, they take your temperature, nothing is recorded. They don't know, you know, how many people have been through in a day, um, what the, you know, peak, peak times were. None of that stuff is tracked. And uh, with this facial recognition and um, temperature check, uh, there's a whole bunch of data collection behind the, behind the scenes that happens. Um, and I think for gyms in particular, uh, nursing homes, doctor's offices, that could be a really critical thing in making people feel safe. Um, I don't know about you, but like if I walk into a business and an employee comes at me walking towards me with a mask on with a, something that looks a little bit like a gun pointed at my forehead to take my temperature, <laughs> not feeling all that safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, that's really important too. I mean, we've talked about communicating a message of safety, but part of that communication is visually represent, you know, representing safety and like in the facial recognition with the temperature, that's one thing. Um, having people constantly cleaning, that's another thing. Just the, the look, if you have a brick and mortar, like making sure that, you know, there's no dust bunnies in the corner, that things look like they've been cleaned regularly. 
uh, is really important too. And, you know, whether or not that feeling is actually true safety is, you know, we, we don't have to get into that because we don't really know yet, but certainly the perception of it is, is critical. And, uh, I think you're right. I mean, technology is just starting to catch up with, well, how do we, cause this isn't going to go away. You know, we know at least here in the United States, numbers are continually rising and uh, we're not even into the fall, which everyone was predicting is going to be a, you know, another big spike. So, um, yeah, you know, technology is, is, is going to play a huge part in this. Absolutely. And there's things we haven't even thought of, Ken, you know, we're not the most technologically savvy guys, but you know, there's people working on solutions all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, when, when we're talking about facial recognition and temperature check, well, our phones nowadays, for the most part, all have facial recognition to unlock them. So there's step one done. And step two could be it, it automatically takes your temperature at the same time. And that gets put into a anonymous database worldwide. And now we know, you know, where hotspots might be and you can start controlling them on a real-time basis. I, I got to believe that's not far away. Well, yeah. And that's, that's been the biggest struggle that we've seen is uh, either lack of information or misinformation because nobody's, yeah. you know, nobody's sharing the full picture and nobody really knows the full picture. So where, where's the information coming from? I mean, you could look at any news outlet you're going to have, uh, um, infectious disease experts arguing about which one's right. So where do you, where do you go? Uh, there was a, a monologue uh, that was outstanding um, from a guy that generally is not a, a favorite of mine, but Bill Maher. Um, if you can find it on uh, Facebook or YouTube, um, he, he makes an impassioned plea for the the health professionals of the world to stop saying that we're all going to be safe if we just put on a mask and wash our hands. Um, he, he makes an impassioned plea to actually have these health, health professionals talk about what health is. And that mm-hmm. means eating healthy, exercise, sleep, um, taking better care of yourselves so that that we can beat this thing. Um, the majority of people who die because of COVID are talk are, are you know not well people to start with. They're you know overweight um, in some cases, older in in other cases, um, and everything in between. So it, it's it, it was a really interesting. Um, monologue because I think as it, as it relates to our topic today of safety, if they would just talk about that in on top of the things that you can do, like right now, like wash your hands, etc. Um, that's that's the real message that needs to go out into the world. I think so. Yes, I know we're getting off topic, but um, you know. It, it, it occurs to me that much like what Bill Maher said is that it's, it's not about having a mask on and washing your hands. It's, it's bigger than that. Yeah. Well, I, and one of the things that comes to mind when I hear this is that, uh, you know, trust is another thing because 
when I, I generally trust people who I sense are vulnerable, if that makes sense. And when everybody comes out that they're an expert, you know, and they're like, Hey, I got the answers. Uh, I don't trust them anymore because there's no way. Right. But if people come out and this is, you know, a, a lesson for business owners to say like, Hey, we don't know what's going on, but here's what we're doing. And as we learn more, we'll change. So all you have from us is our word that we are doing everything we can at this point. And that, that to me would go a long way because, you know, um, everybody wants to have the answer. Everybody's fighting for, you know, public opinion and, and mind share. And they're trying to do it by saying, Hey, I'm the expert. And, uh, right now we're in such, you know, really interesting times and they're not uncharted because we actually, you know, as a, as a, as a species, we've gone through this multiple times. Um, but it just seems new to us. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, if, if we're going to focus on some things for business owners is, you know, continue to communicate, um, look for ways for people to feel safe and quote unquote normal and, uh, and be honest so that people trust you too. I think those are some of the key points that we could, we could offer today for, for entrepreneurs, founders, and business owners. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Eric. I think that the, the honesty, um, you know, telling people, um, if you're struggling, let them know, um, mm-hmm. that, that will, you, you won't believe the empathy that shows up from your clients. If you, if you really share with them, you know, where you're at, you know, in the gym business in particular, members have stood by gyms for months on end, paying their dues and not being able to go. Yeah. Um, and, and it's only because the gym was open and honest about where they were at. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, coming to the top of the hour, Ken, which means our time's running up. Any, uh, any other last words of wisdom for our audience today? No, just be open, honest with your communication. Let, you know, ensure that people understand that you're taking all the precautions to keep them safe, uh, including keeping your business healthy and safe so that, so that there's no risk of it going uh, by the wayside while customers are uh, still trying to transact with you. Right on. Awesome. Well, Ken, thanks again for your time. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you uh, next time. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Eric Malzone. Don't leave yet. I have a few more requests for you. So, if you got value out of this podcast, I ask you to do a few things. Number one, go to wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and go ahead and subscribe to the show. Number two, while you're there, if you feel that we earned it, please leave us a nice review. Number three, share it. Whether it be social media, email, texting, whatever it may be. I'm sure you know somebody who would get value out of this episode just like you did. So please go ahead and share it. And that's how we get the word out. So it's really valuable and super appreciative. It only takes a minute of your time. Next, if you know of somebody, including yourself, who would be a great guest for the show, please head on over to level5mentors.com, L-E-V-E-L, the number five, mentors.com. Get in touch with me. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, Make an introduction. Whatever it may be, you can also get me directly in my email, which is eric, E-R-I-C, at level5mentors.com. 
Lastly, if you just want to chat, you want to find out more, if you want to expand on some ideas, I love hearing from the audience. So go ahead and hit me up on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You also have my email already. So I love to hear from you. I'm always looking for ways to improve the show and I'm always looking to have great conversations. So don't hesitate to reach out. And once again, thank you for listening to the Black Diamond Podcast and you can expect a lot more from us.